probably know Evan Schley's one of two ways, or both. As a member of the New Iberians, the New Orleans Cajun Zydeco Band around here for decades, or you know him as the proprietor of Real Good Stuff, a store spectacularly full, and I mean full, of musical things, furniture, curios, you know, real good stuff. The store was destroyed in a fire late last year, and because the Portland music community takes care of its own, he found a new store, stocked it, and opened for business two months after the fire. The band is back gigging too. Pretty amazing, but not for him and not for Portland's musical community. He's in the store right now. Let's talk with Evan Schlaes. Hello, Evan. Hi, Tom. You know, every time I look at this big overstuffed red chair in my living room, which has been sitting there for probably 12 years, I think about you. I remind you of a big overstuffed red chair. No, I um, bought it. I bought. I bought uh, yes, oh. you, you, you. Yes, you do. But other than that, I bought it at your place a million years ago. Well, we've been <laughs> in business now. Uh, uh, this is our 29th year, and uh, yeah. it's been been the most exciting one. That's for sure. Well, I know. You know, it's funny. Uh, one of the before I got this uh, these ailments uh, and have been able have, and have had to do these uh, coffee shop conversations on uh, via Skype and various other uh, devices. Um, I was coming back from Artichoke Music, where we do our uh, where we normally record these things in person, which is much mm-hmm. better, much better than having to do this. Um, one over on Powell, that one. Yeah, the one on Powell. Yeah. And uh, I was on my way back, and I, I, I saw a whole lot of fire trucks in front of your store, and I went, oh, my God. And then I saw what happened, and what what happened? Uh, well, uh, my neighbor's uh, refinishing booth caught on fire, and uh, the building was old and friable, and uh, it, the whole building uh, went up. Uh, and the roof collapsed, and uh, um, uh, it got a little crispy. Wow. Were you able to save anything? Um, they really wouldn't let us back in uh, after the fire. Um, uh, while the place was still smoldering, uh, a friend of mine uh, and I reached through the front window, and we were able to salvage uh, my uh, 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 my uh, jeweler's uh, equipment through the front window. Uh, we got about 80% of his stuff out. And then um, uh, they boarded the place up and told us it was too dangerous to go back in, which was pretty much true because, uh, you know, the walls were falling down and the roof had fallen in. Um but uh, that didn't stop the looters um, who carted out truckloads worth of stuff. Wow. Uh, and finally, um, I decided um, to break in and see what I could find. So on uh, last Halloween, uh, some friends of mine and I got together and we uh, peeled back the fence and <laughs> took off the plywood and helped ourselves to what we could find Um that was left, which wasn't much. So it was pretty much a total loss. Oh, jeez. Yeah. How long had you been there? 
We've been in that location for uh, 19 and a half years. We were just about to cross the 20-year mark this April. Uh, and uh, uh, this will be our actually our 29th year this July, or, or we'll be starting our 30th year this July. Well, it just seemed like you had the new store up and running immediately. It was amazing. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I moped around for a couple of weeks and, um, uh, the guy who, uh, used to do my, uh, uh, vinyl records kind of had a little little corner of the store where he did, uh, vintage vinyl, Uh uh, called me up and said, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a storefront on division street for, for rent. And, um, I was like, I really wasn't interested, but I just happened to be driving by it at the at just at the moment he called. Huh. So I pulled over and I took a look, and I wrote down the number of the realtor and I gave her a call. And better the next day, we walked through the place and it was a mess. There was holes in the floor, holes in the ceiling, holes in the walls. Um, like, uh, no, the water was shut off because there was like open water pipes where they yanked out, um, all the, the sinks and, uh, open, uh, electrical boxes where they'd taken out the coolers. Jeez. And, I mean, the place was, there was three inches of water in the basement. <sighs> and I looked at the place and I said, I'll take it. <laughs> what had it been? <laughs> <laughs> and it had been, a uh, uh, a, uh, convenience store uh, owned by uh, uh, some some Chinese people huh. and uh, it had been that for about 50 years and it looked like it every place where there was a cooler underneath where the coolers were the floor had rotted through literally rotted all the way through and um, um, so uh, but the people who owned the building were like you know uh, really nice and they said look you you know you put in the time and the repairs, and we'll give you some free rent. And so, um, uh, you know, it kind of worked out okay. And um, I had a lot of friends, um, you know, donate some time and uh, help me uh, uh, get the electrical straight, the plumbing mm-hmm. straight. And we were open um, uh, almost two months to the day later. Well, we we burned on October 5th, and we opened on December 1st. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, it, it is pretty amazing. We it, it was a lot of work. I mean, we put in a lot of, like, 16, 18-hour days. Yeah. Um, but we got the place going, and um, uh, we stopped it with, um, you know, stuff from my friend's garages. You know, they called up and said, hey, uh, uh, you want to there's some stuff you need, um, come on over. Um, the people who own Trade Up Music, uh, Dave uh, from Trade Up Music said, hey, I got a store closing um, in Multnomah, and I don't really have any place to, to keep the fixtures. Do you want them? <laughs> I said, oh, yes. <laughs> so I got some showcases and, and a, you know, a truckload of pegboard. And, you know, pegboard hooks from him. And that was like a godsend, you know. I mean, it's like things, uh, you know, things just lined up perfectly uh, for, for a few minutes. The, the, the universe was in harmony. And uh, uh, so uh, 
we managed to get uh, get back on our feet pretty quick, and um, the place is just about to uh, critical mass. Um, you can still walk around, sort of. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, I'll get it to where I like it here pretty soon. Just to say, um, you know, at a complete gridlock. Yes, yes, just like the old place. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, this place actually has a much nicer feng shui. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a big open square, and you can, you know, it's got a nice high ceiling and plenty of, of natural light. And um, um, and it's got a good feel. And then uh, it's smaller uh, than my old place um, by about, a, it's, it's like, it's only about two-thirds the size of my old place. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, um, the area that's available, like for workshop, is 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 pretty good. And then there's that basement. Um, I um, uh, dug a French drain and put in a sump pump and uh, got the water thing pretty much under control. So I got some storage down there and a place for a bandsaw and a table saw. So got a real workshop for the first time in in 30 years, and that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, before I was using my my uh, 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 I was using using my chair as a workbench Jeez. Uh, in my old shop. It was you know, and uh, and I turned out some pretty cool stuff. You know, with, with the, the tiny little shop I had there, and now I've got a real shop. So you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun. You know, I got a lot of projects backed up enough to take me well into the next millennia. <laughs> well, man, congratulations! Well, that's thanks. A, that's uh, like a real old-time Portland story, you know. Well, and uh, we, we couldn't have done it without the, you know, really, it, it, it really was, you know, the the Portland kind of came together and really, really helped us out. Um, and, um, uh, uh, we did, we did that GoFundMe fundraiser and, mm-hmm. uh, the money from that, um, uh, went to the people who had stuff in my store, uh, or were using, you know, I, I had like friends who would, um, had spaces in my store for their workshop and, um, uh, and they lost all their tools and stuff. Mm. So the GoFundMe got them back on their feet, and um, uh, there was a uh, about six grand left over, and that paid for a new furnace for this place. Wow! So uh, yeah, we, we we put in an actual heat pump here. So huh. very um, um, you know very green echo kind of thing, mm-hmm. replacing the old old oil furnace that was in the basement. So huh. wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Really? So what else is on your mind? You don't want to know that. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> so did true. did you did did you keep playing music during this whole this whole period? Or um, or had or but we still had the Panasonic. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, uh the uh pandemic kind of shut things down for about for the first uh, six or seven months uh, completely, and mm-hmm. that was good. You know, um, uh, at the time, uh, I just um, I I just put a sorry closed sign on the door, and from 
uh, early March until uh, around the 1st of July, I just worked on stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I restored a couple of pinball machines and mm -hmm. um, a kitty ride and, and uh, rearranged the back room some and, you know, got, got, got pretty much caught up on stuff. And then we reopened, uh, you know, kind of limited hours with, you know, uh, sneeze, sneeze vents up over the, Mm -hmm. But as far as the band goes, um, um, we started um, working again, um, like uh, uh, July or August of last year. We started getting some some uh, uh, steady work. Mm -hmm. um, middle of, middle of twenty twenty one, really started to pick up a little bit outdoor stuff. And so we're working, um, you know two, three times a month, uh, which is, you know, not the, not what we were doing before COVID, but, um, it's, uh, 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 it's better than, you know, just kind of sitting around and, uh, waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> and, um, um, and then, you know, I, I have the Zydeco band and that's, um, like been going on now for like, 23 years mm -hmm. um and then a few years ago uh, i took up the vibes and um had a little vibraphone thing called the big bossa quartet mm -hmm. and um, uh we used to uh play uh once a month over at uh, the mock crest mm -hmm. and uh, uh we did that for almost like uh, four and a half years straight and then uh, we hadn't played for 26 months wow. and we just played another gig, played, played our first gig together last Saturday. And How I was, was so afraid. I was afraid we were really going to suck. I told everybody <laughs> to bring a can of WD-40 because we were going to be really rusty. Oh. But, um, you know, after um, uh, a tune or two, it was like uh, mm, mm, there was no no gap at all. It came back pretty good and uh, we sounded great and um some old friends showed up and sat in and uh it was really good um so we'll probably start doing that again uh on a regular basis what tunes do you play um well uh we kind of uh range from uh like um uh like you know cal jader to mm -hmm. um uh, to ramsey lewis to mm -hmm. um uh um uh uh, some instrumentals um, that I wrote, and um, so is it uh, classic bo classic map. bossa nova? Uh, yeah, uh, we do um, uh, you know uh, some Joe Beam stuff, and yeah. um, uh, uh, and some and the, the tunes that I write are are, are bossa nova, mm -hmm. uh, or at least inspired by bossa nova. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the name really came. I was just was casting around for a name, and it, it's more of a play on Big Boss Man. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm I'm the Big Bossa. <laughs> except um, it's, except it's not so Nova anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, you know, the vibes was it was kind of an accidental thing. Um, I, I acquired a set from Portland Music. Uh, they sent it over here. Uh, asked me to to repair them because mm -hmm. the motor was dead and 
uh, uh, the uh, damper pedal was broken, and uh, Doug at Portland Music, um, you know, was a friend and said, hey, can you fix this? And I said, I'll give it a shot. And I got it working, and I got some 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 mallets. And I started to play the thing, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I played one nice suspended chord, and I was I was hooked, totally hooked. <laughs> and 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 so I started playing the thing. Single um, mallet or double mallet? Uh, well, uh, I can do single mallet with my right hand and double with my left. <laughs> Why is so, that? I don't know. That's just how it worked out. But I usually just do single mallet. I mean, it was good enough for, uh, you know, uh, Lionel Hampton and, and Red Norville. So, um, but yeah, I can I can do double with my left, and and and, uh, uh, but um, so you can um, do Bossa Norvo. Bossa Norvo, yeah. Just call me Red. Yeah. <laughs> so about the new Iberians, was there an old Iberians? Uh, no, uh, New Iberia is a place in Louisiana. I know where the where the where the hot sauce comes from. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and uh, uh, I named the band that um, uh, uh, after coming back from a trip down there, and we we had a good time in New Iberia, and I was <laughs> casting around for a name for 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 the band. The band was called Mumbo Gumbo at one point, and then. <laughs> All the mumbo gumbo ends. Everybody left except for me and the guitar player. Like overnight, there was nobody left, and um, <laughs> so um, so I renamed the band uh, New Iberians. And um, um, uh, the the guitar player said, "Well, what does that mean?" And I go, "Look, the people who get it will get it, and the people who don't get it, well, all right, you know, too bad for them." <laughs> And sure enough, the first time we played a gig as the New Iberians, uh, a couple of, of uh, gals from Metairie, which is a <laughs> suburb of, uh, of, of New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, showed up um, and they went, hey, we saw the name in the paper and, you know, we wanted to check you out. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, that, that convinced the guitar player that maybe there was something to the name. And, uh, we've been... You know, the New Iberians ever since. Um, the, the the local paper in New Iberia actually, you know, heard about this band in Oregon calling themselves the New Iberians and, and called me up and did a, did a little interview. And they wanted to know what was up. And we actually have a standing invite to come down and, and play at their crawfish fest one of these days. Nice. Um, you know, yeah, well, we should have taken them up on it while gasoline was so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it costs a lot to tour now, but uh, we got some gigs. We got a lot of fans up in the Puget Sound area. Really? And so we go up and, yeah, we go up and play dances in Port Townsend and uh-huh. uh, uh, Edison and uh, uh, Port Angeles and Squim. I don't know why, but there, there's, there's <laughs> a lot of New Iberian fans up there. Well, you can't argue with success. Um, well, or... Or, or at least with with um, um, uh, persistence. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, how many pieces are in the band now? Uh, we're five. It's guitar, bass, drums, squeeze box, and rub board. And who are a they? Rub board player. Well, a rub board player is Paul Bissett. He mm-hmm. was uh, 
goes back a ways. He was in the PH Factor Jug Band back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so uh, uh, he's got a lot of good connections down in the Bay Area. It's funny, I just uh, interviewed Maria Moldar last week. Oh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of old jug band people. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so Paul's on, on rub board, and um, uh, we have uh, Clark Salisbury on guitar. Uh-huh. Uh, he used to uh, uh, play with um, uh, Jamie. Um, uh, yeah, him. Jamie. Yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> God, sorry. Um, I'll think of his last name. That's okay. I can't think of it either. What? I can't think of it either. You know who I mean, though? Yeah, he sure. He passed away. Uh, right. Singer, songwriter. Yep. Uh, it'll come to me. Anyway. Uh, getting old sucks, man. It's bad. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, and then we have... Uh, 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 Barty Henninger, uh, he's an old Portland uh, veteran uh, singer and drummer. Sure is. And uh, Jeff Woodcock um, uh, playing uh, uh, bass and singing. Uh-huh. And um, uh, so uh, we got three strong singers in the band. And uh, so we, we, we um, uh Doing a lot of, uh, um, you know, some traditional uh, Zydeco, and uh, uh, Marty's got, like, a really good repertoire of, uh, uh, like, uh, New Orleans, uh, like, Huey Smith and the Clowns, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that kind of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he does a great, uh, really great... uh, uh, Lonely Frog, you can do uh, Clarence Frogman Henry really, really good. <laughs> so, so we're rocking that 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 you know that New Orleans uh, kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, flambeau beat. Oh yeah, and uh, um, and we're doing a regular. Um, it's uh, once a month or twice a month at this great joint on twenty uh, third uh, near uh, Petty Grove called oh, yeah. the Southland Whiskey Kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's a barbecue mm-hmm. and soul food joint. And, Good food. Uh, yeah, yeah, the food's excellent. And uh, uh, we're in there, uh, uh, you know, once or twice a month on a Saturday. And um, so you can catch us there pretty regular. You got a barbecue and, rig? Do I have a barbecue rig? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I do a lot of, of uh, grilling. Um, that figures. And uh, I, I make a pretty mean shrimp and grits. Nice. Yeah. And nice. Uh, 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 but I like uh, gumbo is is the thing that uh, uh, I'm I'm pretty good at. Uh-huh. Every year for um, uh, Mardi Gras, uh, uh, except for the last couple, we haven't really done much. But mm-hmm. before that, I had a tradition of um, throwing a a show. Um, and um, uh, cooking a big pot of gumbo, and uh, everybody got a, a plate of gumbo with admission, uh, <laughs> part of the admission price. And uh, so I, I did that for like about 15 years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, well, things eased up again. We'll, we'll we'll start doing it again. That's uh, great. That's great. And uh, 
anybody wants the recipe for the uh, uh, the gumbo, uh, they can um, they can uh, uh, find it on YouTube on Cooking with Mister E. Aha! It's funny. Uh, the first time I was ever in New Orleans was in the I don't know early seventies, and uh, mm-hmm. and I walked into a place I didn't know anything about called Buster Homes. Uh-huh. I walked in and there was sawdust on the floor. There was everybody was black. Uh, there was the meters on the jukebox, and this amazing red beans and rice. And the, a few years later, I found the recipe that Buster Holmes used in that place. And that's 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 what I used the whole rest of my life to cook red beans and rice. <laughs> um, I used the one from uh, the Frugal Gourmet. Mm-hmm. Who was actually he, he cooked New Orleans pretty good, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I mean you know you, you get, get yourself a big old ham hock, yep, and, and you cook it down a little bit, and then uh, soak those beans and throw those beans in with uh, the Holy Trinity mm-hmm. and uh, some bunch of Worcestershire, and mm-hmm. I like to add a little uh, I like to add a little uh, liquid smoke in just for for, mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. I soak the beans in in wine. That's what the, that's what this recipe called for. Oh, I'll try that. I mean, yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, you know, and soak them overnight, of course. But uh, uh, yeah, not, I, why, why did I have to bring that up? Now I want some. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, man. Me too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always go over to I always go, over to, I always go get my my uh, my ham hock from uh, uh, Gartner's. Huh. They, they have, they're they're nice and meaty. Huh. Get those ones. Get those ones from uh, from Fred Meyer, and they're nothing but little bitty bones and not much flavor. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> first time. First time I was in New Orleans um, was uh, uh, I was on tour with the Crazy Eights, uh-huh. and we were doing doing the just the worst kind of touring was you know <laughs> do a gig, pile in the van. Drive to the next gig, unload, do the gig, get a couple hours sleep, drive to the next gig. Like it was nonstop for a whole month, <laughs> 30 days of one nighters. And then we had three whole days in New Orleans. Ooh. And I got up and I went out and uh, I had, you know, a month's worth of dirty socks <laughs> and, and dirty t shirts. And, and then, and so I, I found a little laundromat, uh, and we were staying in the French Quarter, and I uh-huh. found a little laundromat down in the French Quarter, and I'm uh-huh. sitting there doing my socks. Yeah. And 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 this gal said, Hi, y'all new in town? I said, Yeah. <laughs> she said, What you doing? And I said, Oh, I'm playing with bands. You're a musician? I said, Yeah. <laughs> she said, Well, let me take you to lunch. <laughs> I thought I'd died and gone to heaven, but I was in New Orleans, almost the same. Oh, That's yeah, funny. man, that yeah. was, took me to Coots, which is uh, over there across from the from the uh, a French market, and that was the first place I'd ever had red beans and rice. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, when I went that first time, that was really before the revival of New Orleans music, you know, I mean. I, and and um, it, was bef- it was before any any of those the larger record stores opened. The New Orleans, what's it called? The one on Decatur. Anyway, oh. um, but but the point is that um, 
I found this little hole in the wall record store down on St. Charles somewhere, and uh, mm-hmm. the the only stuff they had they had two um, French pressings of um, not coffee, but uh, of uh, Professor Longhair on on a French label and the Wild Magnolias on a French label. And that's mm-hmm. a, I mean, and I had grown up my whole life loving New Orleans music and ne- never knowing it. You know, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really. I didn't put two and two together that all these things, you know, that everything that was on the minute label or Ace or any of those labels uh, that I loved had anything to do with each other. Of course, they did. I found out later. But uh, yeah, I brought those I brought those albums home, and I still I still have them. <laughs> I I came to New Orleans music um, uh, through uh, um, uh, Doctor John. Yeah, uh, I got a. a uh, I heard uh, on on the underground radio station in Chicago in 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 the, in the late '60s or early '70s somebody somebody played uh, the album Grigri. Oh yeah. With uh, I walk on gilded splinters. Uh-huh. Wow, man, that's a sound. Listen to that. Hey, Roberta. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just finished. Uh, just, I was just finishing up um, an, an episode of my radio show. It's on KMHD. Uh-huh. And I play a lot of New Orleans on it, and I just I put in uh, Craney Crow, which was the, uh-huh. from the second Dr. John or third Dr. John, yeah, the, one he, yeah. the one he recorded in in England when he was broke, and and mm-hmm. people you know, a lot of the uh, uh, British musicians um, helped him out and made that thing happen. The Craney Crow was a good song. <laughs> well, listen, man, I'm really happy that you're back in business. And, uh, well, we're happy to be here. Uh, we couldn't have done it without the help of a lot of friends. And I mean, like, I can't believe the number of people who come through the door and say, hey, we're glad to see you back. We were at your old store. I mean, I guess after, you know, all those years, that's, you know, thousands of people. But you just don't really realize it until, yeah. you know. So uh, people yeah. have just been really nice, and uh, the new store is, is uh, you know, perking along, and uh, we're paying the bills, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, here we are. Well, uh, great. Congratulations. Uh, I, want to, I, want to, I want to put in a plug for one thing, though. Sure. Uh, 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 my good friend Johnny Kuntz uh, uh, is coming into town. Mm-hmm. And um, you know he's retired as a as a musician pretty much, mm-hmm. um, uh, but he's been writing uh, uh, these sort of semi autobiographical novels. Mm-hmm. He's got two of them out. I've heard that. Uh, and he's going to come into town and uh, do a reading here at the at the shop on uh, on Easter Sunday at four o'clock. Which is when. I believe it's uh, the 17th. Let's see. Of April? Yeah. Is that a Sunday? You got your calendar handy? Yeah, that's a a Sunday. Yeah. So Sunday, April 17th at 4, John Kuntz from, remember him from Johnny and the Distractions? Oh, sure. And, uh, yeah. Um, So I was was actually in that band for a little while. (laughs) So he's an old friend. And... um, um, so he's going to come in and do a, do a, a reading from his books, uh, which I, if you haven't read them, you would really enjoy them because they're they're basically about um, 
the the deep south and growing up mm-hmm. and and rock and roll and um, uh, being kind of a rebel. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of them is called uh, Nobody Knows Nothing. <laughs> and uh, and the other one is called uh, uh, Guilty as Homemade Sin. <laughs> so um, uh, and they're both both titles are available here in my shop and uh, or I mean, pretty much here and or online from or from from uh, John himself. Uh huh. But if you want to want to hear a reading from him, uh, come on down. Does he um, sing "Lost so, Mind" when he when he reads reads from that book? <laughs> <laughs> he ought to. Or, or 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 say thank you, Percy Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. Devil with the face of an angel. Yeah. Sweet and cool. Yeah. You know, uh, I haven't thought about that tune, but I think I'm going to put that in our. Uh, in our repertoire. Yeah, That's most, a great one. most people th- think of Mose Allison when they think of that team, but of course it was Percy Mayfield who wrote it. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Thank you so much. Yep, yep. I played but that I mean, on the radio. You know, it's such a Mose Allison sounding tune when he does it. Yep. Well, he made it his song. I mean, there's, there's no question about that, but... But uh, I, I put that. Well, in, that's, that, that's some pretty deep knowledge, man. Thank you well, for I put, that, I put that in in the uh, in the show not too long ago. As a matter of fact, you should listen to the show. You'd like it. <laughs> I listen to your show all the time, man. You do? Oh, what's not? I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> in fact, this is Evan Schley saying. This is Evan Schley saying. <laughs> thank you for talking to me. <laughs> and thank you too. And and like we always end the show, I always like to say. That's entertainment.